Welcome to The Burn, Beyond Fire Stop. I'm your host, John Zalepka. Our show is focused on life safety and code compliance in the built environment, which puts me on a mission to find the most interesting people in this space to get their unique perspectives. Our hope is that our listening audience walks away with an understanding of how our guests and their businesses also contribute to the promotion of life safety of whatever is being built. Our show is brought to you by Specified Technologies, also known as STI. Since 1990, STI has been a leading global provider of innovative fire protective solutions that help stop the spread of fire, smoke, and hot gases. Our guest today is well-versed in these such topics. He's a fire protection specialist and a field engineer at UL, or Underwriters Laboratories, where much of the industry's fire stop testing is done. Mark St. Ange, welcome to The Burn. Thanks. Good to be here. Awesome. First off, am I saying your name correctly? Because my name, my last name starts with Z, so everybody always freaks out. Uh, don't worry. I've, I've heard probably every pronunciation of it uh, out there. It's, uh, it's Mark St. Ange. Um, but yeah, it's it's it gets all, all different types there. Did anybody ever call you like Street Ange or anything like that? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I've, I've heard quite a few. I've heard quite a few growing up, so yeah. Awesome. What nationality is that? Uh, it's uh, French-Canadian. French Canadian. All right. All right. So I always like to start on a personal note, which I, I guess we just did instead of just jumping into the whole business of things. And, you know, which is good because I couldn't find much personal information on you on LinkedIn, which kudos to you. You're smarter than the rest of us. So I guess I'm going to dig a little bit here. I, I see that you received your electrical and mechanical degree from the Community College of Air Force. And this might be a stupid question, but does that mean you were in the Air Force? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, I served uh, 15 years uh, in the Air Force. Uh, did electrical power production uh, for them, so generators, uh, aircraft resting systems, a whole bunch of things. Uh, the crew field's kind of diverse. Uh, anything with an engine that's not uh, not a vehicle, more or less. So a lot of uh, pieces of that. Worked in a civil engineer squadron, uh, stationed at a number of places throughout the world, um, from California, Korea, Italy, Germany, D.C., uh, and did uh, five tours in Afghanistan. Wow. Well, thank you for your service. Thanks. Awesome. So, did you ever fly planes or jets, or did you just kind of work on them? <laughs> no, no, not everybody in the Air Force is a, is a pilot, uh, so I, I did not uh, fly any planes. I didn't work on the aircraft. Uh, the, the closest I did to working with the aircraft was the the aircraft arresting system. So, kind of like you see on uh, you know the movie Top Gun, where you got that cable that goes across the aircraft carrier and the tail hook that comes down and catch it. Uh, we have those in the Air Force for our fixed runways for our fighter planes and emergencies to to catch. Uh, so, I did run those pretty pretty extensively in the Air Force, uh, and that was, was my main thing for the most part. Wow. Awesome. Well, thanks again for your service. And I, I know that you mentioned the other day that you were a third-party inspector before going to work at UL. I guess, how did you transition from the Air Force into inspecting fire stop systems, if you will? Well, uh, so I got out of the Air Force, um, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to uh, you know do when I grew up, uh, <laughs> and I was in my 30s there. So I uh, started off by, you know, trying to use my GI Bill, uh, go to school, and I was working in a, uh, a volunteer fire department, uh, you know, doing structural and wildland firefighting and being EMT um, and doing a lot of stuff with fire there. And I had done a lot of work with the fire department in the military. I kind of do a lot of uh, different tasks. You don't just do your primary job there. Uh, and had worked on some of those certs while I was still in on, with a, a fire, fire department outside the, the base uh, at Andrews Air Force Base there. So. I'd already, already gotten into that. <clears throat> so I started doing a lot of that stuff and uh, started doing uh, working for a company, doing uh, special inspections of buildings as a, a third-party person and, and 
you know, I had a lot of fire background and started getting into the SFRM and the intumescent paints and then the fire stop piece and doing a lot of work with that and training. Um, and as it kind of grew uh, as an industry, I, I kind of was the, the lead person in the company to help build that, that program up for them uh, and was doing a ton of stuff with that and was going to a lot of conferences. And, and I ended up running into uh, Rich Walkie, who, who everybody kind of knows. Uh, yep. And uh, talked to him at one of the, the ICC conventions there in Colorado, um, where I was living at the time, and talked with him and, and some great folks like uh, John Roberts, who's a fire protection engineer with UL, uh, and Ruben Sandoval. And, and they kind of said, hey, we, we think we should we should have a conversation. And, and it kind of just went from there. And, and they uh, they said, we'd like you to come. We're, we're starting a special inspection piece under UL, and, and we'd like you to be a big part of it. So uh, I was lucky enough to get brought in at that point and have the opportunity to help grow this program. That's awesome. So, I mean, obviously before growing that program, you spent a few years out in the field inspecting yeah. fire stop systems or, so I'm assuming you saw the good, the bad and the ugly. So yeah. I'm sure you have some pretty interesting pictures on your phone. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I've got my, my folders of uh, both the folder of shame and the folder of glory. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to see it someday. Uh, yeah. We, we try to be careful of those. You know, you don't want to, you got some clients that don't like to advertise when they, they sure. have some mistakes, uh, but it's a, you know, it's a learning piece. And, and I learn every time I go in the field still, you know, you go out there and you look at something and, you know, you, you may be something that you think is going to be simplistic, but every time you go in the field, you know, you got to have that mindset that, you know, you're not that arrogant jerk that's going to walk up and, and know what's happening before you look at the stuff on site. So, you know, we would go out there and do the special inspections and, and go out and, Hey, let me see your plans and, and what are you doing here and what do you got going and, and what do you, what's your plan to accomplish this? Um, and sure. the great part about as you grow in the career field and you get more and more experience, you're able to kind of look at things and say, hey, this is where you're at or this is what your plans say. This is what your specs say. And, and this is what you're expecting. But just heads up, you know, did you notice this over here? And, and this may become an issue for you that you may want to you may want to take a look at kind of thing. And. You know, you, you got to not cross that line as an inspector and you can't direct them and everything else, but you can kind of point things out and say, hey, you, you really should probably take a look at this. And, um, you know, as you start seeing more and more and, you know, sitting down in those pre-construction meetings and saying, hey, just FYI, folks, there's in, historically what we see. And I see you're building, you know, a stick frame building or you're building something with structural steel and concrete. And here's different issues that we see throughout. And, you know, sometimes then you can carefully pull out some pictures that you've got stored somewhere and say, Hey, you know, these kinds of things happen, you know, and, and just be aware and, and let's talk about this. So yeah, we, I've gotten to see quite a few things over the past uh, several, several years. Uh, and, and hopefully I get to bring that to our team here of inspectors and, and help them with that. Well, great answer. I mean, you actually just answered my next question too, which is I was going to ask you to kind of discuss the importance of having a pre-construction meeting and establishing some type of barrier management program, especially when it comes to fire stopping. But um, you just you probably hit everything we were talking about right there. So anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, you know, I'd say having a pre-construction meeting uh, when you start getting, before you start even building the walls, uh, you know, having that meeting before you start pouring that concrete is likely going to be one of the most important pieces of your construction phase because, you know, you may think, Hey, I'm going to pour my slabs and then I'm going to core through them. And then you look at the hourly rating and you go, you know, that's, that's an option. And there's some systems out there for that. Have you, have you looked at cast in devices though? It, it may be something that's a lot simpler for you long-term and going to save you a lot of, you know, for the fire resistance piece and it's your, your decision, but here's an option for you. 
uh, when you start talking about how they're going to build different assemblies, how things are going to interact, what your ratings are going to be, what types of products you're going to use, and you're able to catch stuff ahead of time or identify, here's the common issues. Because the plans may say, fire stop here, right? But that's not a system. And and they think, well, yeah, I'm just going to use some red stuff and put it in the, in the hole, right? Uh, I'm just going to throw some mineral in there, Mark. I'm, I'm going to throw some backing material and, and some red stuff. And you're going, well, hey, guys, look, that's not how this works. You know, have you, are you, are you sole sourcing your Firestop material? Because, you know, I'm not going to tell you you need to use one brand or another, but at the same time, I think you should probably consider sole sourcing for, for the annual maintenance piece, right? Because when it comes in a year or two years down the line, when something gets disturbed, if you're not sole sourcing and you don't know what material is there, now you got to rip it all out and redo it versus repairing something. So there's a benefit there. Well, who's installing your Firestop? Is it your trades? Is it a qualified contractor? You know, and, and UL has a qualified contractor program. Um, but you got to know what you're doing and you got to have a plan. You got to think ahead. And, and if you're not, then you're playing catch up and you're being reactive instead of proactive. So being proactive and having that pre-construction meeting is, is going to be helpful. It's going to save you time and money uh, if it's done right. I mean, you're clearly passionate about this. And I, I guess at what point were you like, all right, I got to make a bigger difference. I'm going to work for UL. And uh, I guess what, the, what types of things are you involved in there? Uh, testing, I'm assuming, and some of the qualified contractor programs. Just, uh, I guess, talk to me about some of the things that you're doing uh, there. So, yeah, I I sit right below. I report to, to a guy named Ruben Sandoval, uh, who's the program manager for, for both the fire protection or fire barrier management program at UL. Uh, which is a field-based program and the lightning protection system program. He manages both. And, and I'm his lead guy more or less underneath the, the fire barrier management side. So uh, we have several service offerings. We, we do do, we do act as a qualified third-party special inspector. We have uh, a, a large number of qualified inspectors, uh, not just nationally in the United States, but we've got them overseas. Uh, we've got them in the Middle East. We've got them in Europe. We've got them in uh, Mexico, Canada, you know, all over the world. We've got qualified inspectors. So I help train those folks um, and, and get them squared away. I'll do a lot of the presentations and education for AHJ, uh, across the country, across the world, you know, doing some outreach there, um, doing some, some speaking events, kind of things at, uh, you know, ICC or FCIA or, or any of the other industry orgs that, that ask for somebody to, to come and do some presentation because a lot of the building officials, you know, they're, they're smart folks. Uh, but as fire stops evolved, it's not, something that the standard building inspector looks at anymore. It's a special inspection piece and, and they need to understand why and what's going on and the different effects and how one thing affects another. Uh, so I do that. Um, I get to help out our qualified contractor program folks that are doing those audits of those qualified companies that, you know, those specialty contractors that come and say, Hey, I want to take a test. I want to get audited. I want to get accreditations uh, to, to show that I, I know my stuff and get hired on to do that stuff. Um, so they'll call sometimes with technical questions or they'll, they'll try to come on and, and they'll, they'll be going through an audit and there'll be a question about what they're doing on something. So internally and externally folks will reach out to me about that stuff. Um, we have, uh, we started doing NFPA 80, uh, annual fire door inspections. We offer that now, uh, underneath our program under the fire barrier management piece. Uh, we offer max certificates, which is a master audit certificate of compliance. Uh, what that is, is if a, if a qualified contractor installs your fire stop, uh, or is a qualified contractor under UL and they go and install a fire stop at a building, uh, they can offer the certificate to the building owner saying, Hey, we're, you know, UL didn't do the special inspection. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't required special inspection because of the type of the building. Uh, but we had UL come out anyways and evaluate our work. Uh, it's not 
doesn't encompass the entire scope of a special inspection. We're out there for about a day, walking the project, making sure everything's being done right uh, for the most part. And they offered us a cert and they can offer that to the building owner to say, hey, look, this is additional assurance that, that we did things right. Uh, so we've got that piece. Uh, and I also interact a lot with our engineering staff and our regulatory folks. So we, I sit with them at about once a month and have a meeting uh, and we go over different things that are going on to kind of see things from everybody's aspect. You know, what's engineering doing? What's our industry manager doing? Our, our PDE? Um, what are we seeing in the field? And, and how are things, one thing affecting another? What are the issues? So we can talk about those and try to help the industry grow in the right direction. So it, it's a really unique role. Um, and it's awesome because uh, I get to interact with some, some amazing people at UL and, and really get to hear other pieces and get a, a really greater understanding of the industry and, and how things work. And, and I'm just kind of in awe a lot of times that I get to, to sit in there with those folks and, and learn from them. Damn, you yeah. <laughs> just blew my mind. You're a busy guy yeah. over there. A uh, couple, couple of things that you just said that jump out at me. First, the, the UL Qualified Contractor Program. I know we see that alongside the FM 4991 in the specifications a lot of time. How are those two programs the same and or different or, you know, because you usually see one and then the other one yeah, as well. you do for the most part. Um, and the programs have some, some similarities and overlaps. Uh, both programs are, are designed to have a, a contractor come to a NERDL, uh and, and get, you know, test their knowledge. Uh, so you take a test for, for us uh, and then you develop a quality management system. And that's your you get audited by us initially and then once every year thereafter. Um, and you've got to maintain that program and you got to show proof that you're not just making this, this binder of, of our policies and our procedures and then putting it on a shelf and having it collect dust. You know, we go out to those job sites and we audit there and we, we make sure that that's being enacted. Um, so both programs are similar in that aspect. Both of them have a lot of ties to um, FCIA, the Firestop Contractors International Association. And it's just to kind of elevate that industry because, I mean, you and I both know, and you used to work in the field quite a bit, uh, you'd go out to these job sites and you'd see folks installing Firestop and what they were doing. I, sometimes, you know, you got that folder of shame pictures, right? And you're going, yeah. where, where were you at mentally with this when you started doing this, right? And these <laughs> folks have, have kind yeah. of said, hey, look, I am going to show you that, uh, that I'm going to demonstrate by my knowledge and everything else that, that I know my stuff. Uh, so, so we go out and audit them and, and, and develop those, those companies uh, to be the best in the business because you don't let just anybody install, you know, wire up a building, right? You know, you got to be an electrician. You got to be a licensed electrician for that. Not just anybody installs a sprinkler. Well, why is Firestop any different? In, in essence, it is a, a fire protection system, right? It's a passive system, but it's still there for a reason. We've got, mm -hmm. you know, active systems. We've got passive systems and we got, you know, alarms and detection uh, systems out there. And, and that triad, that fire protection triad acts together. And if it's like a three-legged stool, if you lose one of those legs, you know, things come crashing down. So we like to try to push that up to, to say, hey, look, you should use a qualified contractor. You know, you're going to have a better success rate uh, with your, your inspections probably because you've got knowledgeable people putting it in. You don't have to have re-inspections. You don't have failures. It's done right. Uh, you're not having people that don't understand what's going on uh, out there in the field doing things. And then failing and then not knowing what they did wrong. So we, we do push that spec pretty heavily. Yeah. I love that you guys are raising the standard and you know, you know, pushing that awareness of of the qualified contractor and what it means to be that. Uh the other thing that you said that jumped out at me is the 
Uh, the third party inspection. I know that some people have some concerns about UL getting into the third party testing, but I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but who better to inspect the fire stop system than the third party testing agency that tested it yeah. themselves, right? I mean, I know, <laughs> I mean, can you speak to yeah, that for a second? You know, I, I think it's, you know, some people are, uh, I don't know if they've got some heartache or not, but in reality, if a, if a standard person goes out and gets trained and gets qualified to be an inspector, right? You know, there's a lot of training that goes into that, you know, it, studying stuff and taking a test. And, and there's supposed to be some experience that goes along with that to, to comply with ASTM uh, E3038 for qualification of that third-party inspector, you know, a number of years, depending on your qualification piece. Um, but once you're ultimately qualified, you go in the field and, you, and you're on your own, right? And hopefully there's somebody else in your company that you can reach back to, somebody else who's qualified and experienced or knowledgeable that you can ask those questions to, but, but maybe not. And the great part about us is if one of my inspectors in the field has a question, they call my phone. You know, I answer my cell phone. It rings nonstop day and night. That's no big deal. We answer the questions and we, we keep them moving. Uh, if it, a contractor has an issue, they've got somebody that can reach back to, to, to those inspectors or to me. Um, if I've got a question, I can reach back to, you know, we've got a whole staff of regulatory experts like, you know, Bruce Johnson and, and John Roberts and folks like that that are former AHJs, former fire marshals and building officials that can give us some insight. I can reach back to, you know, our PDE, Kevin Highland, or to Matt Schumann, our energy manager, or to the folks that are in the lab testing the systems to say, hey guys, this is what we're seeing in the field. What's your thoughts? You're like, I, I think this is compliant because of this, or I think this is non-compliant because of this, but I'm, I'm trying to gain a better understanding of this. And, you know, maybe we need to be aware of that in the lab or, or for the standard and, and update the, the STP, the standards technical panel for some stuff. And it really facilitates that conversation and helps get the right answer in the field uh, versus someone who's not with UL, who they may or may not have that technical expert to reach back to. And, and I would, I'm willing to just say it, you know, we've probably got the best technical experts in the field for this stuff, you know, bar none. I was going to say, it sounds like an all-star team right there. <laughs> um, I guess my, my one question about those two points, the, the, the qualified contractors and the special inspection, why do you think more AHJs don't enforce them when they're, when they're in the specification? I mean, and one's clearly required by code and, and yet sometimes they don't even like, it's not even there. In education piece, to be honest with you and Firestop, you know, it's kind of in its infancy, Firestop special inspection that came around in the 2012 building code. Um, and it's kind of evolving from there. People are still adopting that stuff and understanding why they should or shouldn't be doing that. You know, some folks still think well, I can go in there and make sure it's good, but you know, once you get that training for them and, and we do some, some presentations for them and show them, Hey, look, this is what the, the code says. This is what the spec says. And this is what you're expecting to be delivered in the field. But here's what you're actually getting. And here's, in some cases, you know, what we've done is some mock-up walls. And we've said, hey, look, um, this one, th these four installs on this one panel, you know, what's the difference in them? And ask them to evaluate them and show them some that were done right but look wrong. And then they would fail them. And we're going, well, actually, that's right. And you just failed something that's compliant or vice versa. Um, We've done some trainings where we've actually built mock-up walls and said, hey, here you go. Here's the Firestop material. Go ahead. Here's your system. Go ahead and install this for us. And HJs kind of look at you weird like, what am, what am I doing here? And they start you know, grabbing the cock gun and they're trying to do it and they're having difficulty. And we're like, right. So if you as an educated individual with experience in the built environment is, is having trouble doing this, how can you expect someone who's not a qualified contractor to do it right? And you start seeing the gears turning and you see people going, huh. Maybe there's something to this. So jurisdictions are starting to take notice of those uh, and see the, the, the benefit there. 
but it's it's difficult because they have their building inspectors that are you know essentially you know the gods right a, a city's building inspector shows up and they say hey it's wrong there's no argument they're like okay well i gotta fix it you know uh <laughs> when a third party inspector shows up and says hey this is wrong sometimes that conversation goes a little bit differently and they're like no you're and and to fix that headbutting having that qualified person that can say hey no look that that's not right and it's because you built the assembly wrong and you told me i had to fire stop it and you know, uh, I couldn't do it. So uh, I, I hope it goes uh, the right direction. And, and I think we'll, we're seeing it moving the right way. Uh, but I think there's a lot of education. So um, I think that's going to be the big, big changing point there. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing man, and keep educating the people, stay informed, keep learning inspectors out there. Uh, so Mark, what's new at, at UL? I mean, I understand there's been some some big news that it's being announced recently or is being announced yeah. right now, or as we speak uh, regarding uh, UL's fire stop numbering system. Can you finally tell us a little yeah. bit about it? And, and I say big news because I'm, I'm a fire stop geek. So in well, my world, yeah, it's so, big news. You know, we're, we're announcing it. Uh, you know, we're, um, the, the thing here is fire stops evolved, right? It's gotten so much work in it that, we started running out of numbers and we had to figure out for some, some pieces, right. You know, and there's, there's some types of systems that we'll, we'll probably never run out of system numbers for there's not used as much, but you know, when you start looking at your, your CAJ 1000 series, right. Concrete or masonry wall or floor assembly. Um, and your 1000 series being metallic penetrance, we're starting to run out of those system numbers and some of your head of wall joints for those uh, zero to two inch um, dynamic joints. We're starting to run out of system numbers for, so we had to increase the capacity of numbers. Uh, so to do that, you know, we looked at, do we, do we upend the entire industry? Do we, do we redo the whole numbering thing that we've got people starting to understand and just turn things on end or, or is there a better way to do it? So, uh, we consulted internally with a number of people and we reached out to a few folks externally and said, Hey, what are your thoughts? Here's our options. And what we ended up essentially doing is we we're adding a number to that end. So we're going to keep the same initial piece where it's, you know, uh, CAJ for a concrete masonry wall assembly, right? Or a WL, you know, 1000 series and, and use a WL 1000 for a frame gypsum wall with a metallic penetrant as an example. Um, you'll still keep the WL and you'll still keep that one. And then we'll add a one after that first one, right? So a WL 1000 series is going to go to a, a WL uh, 11,000 series. Uh, but it's we're not going to change the existing ones. Anything that's already there in the system that's already been listed or if we haven't run out of numbers in that that particular category we'll continue to list them uh until they run out but then once we hit you know wl 1999 the next system will be wl 11,000, uh wl 1001 and keep progressing from there um so we'll just continuously have more numbers to use and it gives us more capacity and and that just goes to show that the industry is um is growing and there's a lot of things going on there and there's a lot of growth so um it's a good thing right <laughs> it is. I, I was afraid you were going to start changing the numbers on me, but uh, and no. the number. That's not bad. That's not too bad. I think we could. Uh, we'll be able to swallow that one. So, uh, will there be yeah. a, a place? There'll be a link somewhere on your website. I'm sure. When once you announce that, um, again, this is yeah. September 14th as of yeah. this recording. So it will be after that. Um, so we can put yeah. that in the in the show notes yeah. if you yeah, what we can do if is, you have uh, something I've like got that. Some cheat sheets. Uh, I got some of them in front of me. We, we've. Uh, I went through and, and, and developed some cheat sheets for everybody to show all the new updates to the numbering systems. Uh, it's great for if folks are out there doing installs, awesome. if folks are trying to figure out what system numbers they're going to need. Uh, it, you know, even if you're doing a special inspection or something like that, to quick reference thing, and it's going to give you the, the breakout of all the numbering things. So I've got all those in PDF. Um, 
you know, you can reach out and, and, you know, go to fire.inspection at ul.com and, and request those. And, and we'll also put them up to our web and our website as PDFs that you can open them up and download them and everything else. So everyone will have those available to use and reference. Uh, and if anybody ever needs anything, obviously, you know, reach out, uh, uh, fire.inspection at ul.com and we, we can, we can certainly help. Uh, Mark, before I let you go, is there any other um, news, any other industry news uh, or anything you yeah. want to tell us about? Uh, I think Promote it's... anything? <laughs> right. Do you have any live uh, speaking you know, engagements, I guess? <laughs> summit, uh, about a week or so ago. So those are available on demand. And there's about a bunch of webinars on there uh, that, uh, on our website on UL.com uh, for, for education on fire resistance, whether it be fire stop or fire doors or fire resistance uh, on that. Um I'd say look out. Uh, we should be updating some guide info uh, cards on uh, the Product IQ here coming up uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, we've got several updates to those coming out. Um, there will be some more programs rolling out before the end of the year. We've got a lot of moving moving parts. Uh, you know, we're trying to be responsive to the industry and and really try to see that it's growing and, and grow with it. Awesome. Well, Mark, thanks again. Thanks. It was uh, great getting to know you a little bit better. And, and thanks, everyone, for listening. We know that there's many podcasts out there. You've chosen to listen to ours, so thanks very much for that. Uh, check out the show notes. We'll put uh, Bill's website link in there for sure and a lot of the other things that we talked about. And finally, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share this with a friend, put it on social media, leave a rating, a review, whatever you can do is, is helpful. And to catch all the latest and greatest from STI, please check out our website at www.stifirestop.com. And until next time, this is The Burn.